Nana. And I'm Bonquillo, and this is African.American. This is a show about children of African immigrants and immigrants themselves living in the United States. And, um, oh dang, I forgot. There's nothing else that I say anymore, right? Nah, I usually, girl. I you usually just dig into you. what we're talking about. I'm, today, <laughs> today, the theme of today's conversation. so much that you're sitting over here like, <laughs> The theme of today's conversation is disappointed, but not surprised. Mm-mm-mm. First and foremost, Happy New Year to you, my dear. Yeah. Happy New Year. 2020 has gone away. 2021 is here to stay. But a positive year and we move on from 2020 in a positive way. Hopefully. Um, I mean, you know, I... Yeah, we, we, we can reflect in, on 2020 and what it meant later. Today, though... <laughs> talk about this new year and how it has been for us so far so first of all I guess how was your holiday how was your I guess that is a little bit of 2020 was it I hope it was quiet um and safe and you know it was it was quiet and safe somewhat so it was a quiet uh, holiday I thankfully got all my gifts in. I you know, ordered. I don't. I, it wasn't even intentional. But most of the gifts, gifts I ordered were from Amazon. So things came in. I saw a lot of people were complaining. Um, they're mailing and you know, things are not getting in on time. But I didn't have that problem. So <laughs> I thank God. Yeah. All I was super late on everything. But. Yeah, I got yours late, but it was delicious. So I mean, I had issues. I I had a few. I think I, I gave a few gift cards and. Each and every one had issues. I think I sent you a little gift card issue. Um, I sent, oh my gosh, I, um, a friend had a baby and she lives in Ireland. So I got her a gift card for an Irish store. Irish customer service is something else. It was a lot. It was a lot. So it was supposed well, to be a channelized with Irish customer services. Was no, it just- because I know people in Ireland. My, I have a co- I have a cousin who lived there, and they always complained about that stuff. But I never like, you know, I, I I've gone to Ireland before, lived there, not lived there. I was there for like I think the longest stint was like a month. I spent back in like 2017, 2018. Um, it was fine, but. You know, the I think it's just Europe in general. Like, it's not like U.S. where it's 24-7, da-da-da-da. People are a lot more laid back. So, like, with her, I sent the card via SMS. Mm-hmm. She never received the SMS, but she didn't know she was going to get anything from me. So I didn't hear anything back, and then I, but I didn't think anything about it. And then finally, I was like, okay, I sent you this thing via SMS. They sent, they sent me an email that said, so-and-so she is open their it. gift certificate. And oh, she, she was opened like, it? It said oh, that she it. opened it. And so I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then we end up talking like a week or so later. This is before Christmas. And she was like, I didn't get anything. So then I messaged them. I think the day before Christmas, I was like, well, I know I'm not going to hear back until, you know, they have Boxing Day and then they have like a Catholic holiday, a St. Micah. Um, And then they get back to me and they're like, I think I asked them actually to switch the number. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe something's wrong with that phone number. Switch it to this one. And they said, okay, yeah, we did that. And she's like, no, I didn't get anything. She's like, do you want me to call them? Because, you know, she's in Ireland. And she calls them and they're like, no, well, they can't do anything because she's not the one who bought the gift certificate. I have to be the one to call to make the request. And so I keep emailing. And mind you, like, um, before they even messaged me back, they sent me a satisfaction survey. How did we do? And I get them all zeros. 
I was like, how do you send me an automatic satisfaction survey? And nobody even responded to me yet. Um, again, uh, the email that I sent, no one responded to it. And I was talking to my cousin who, who had lived there for some bit. She's like, that's actually like, yeah, that's what happens here. Uh, in the end, I had to get some like Google credit for my phone so I could call their customer service. I was and asking like, how are you managing, how are you messaging them? Like, was it through WhatsApp email, or was email, oh. email. Um, but then I actually called and then they, I think I called and I said, you know what, just send it to me. Give me the link. Give me the gift certificate link. I got it. And then I just forwarded it to her. So that was, but honestly, every single, even the ones I got, there's one on Amazon or uh, one on Target. I think, I don't know if the one I sent to you, I think the one I sent you it was, was on from Target. Target. Yeah. Didn't, <laughs> it didn't, didn't show I up. Shouldn't. I was like, uh, can you just check? <laughs> and then another friend, I sent it to her from, to Am from Amazon and the same thing happened. So for me, no more, no more gift certificate. I'm not doing that. But who's the, who's the common denominator? In all exactly. I did. <laughs> You know, I, told my, I told my cousin that as I was complaining, because she was the one who told me I was because I was like, OK, what are stores in Ireland that like would be would have baby stuff? Because I don't know. You know, I was like, does Amazon UK work in Ireland? You know, all that stuff. You know, Amazon's not as big as it is stateside. <sighs> but it was, you know, it was a labor of love. It worked out. It was interesting. And it just reminds me about why I can't live in Europe, because they'd be loving them holidays. they be. <laughs> You'll be more relaxed. The day after Christmas is a holiday. <laughs> you know, I just can't. I was boxing. What? What? What you doing? Bo- you have boxing day in Ghana. What you talking about? Yeah, that's because it's a British colony. I can't. I can't <laughs> deal with that either. Um, and so you know, but that was. But it was genuine. It was generally a quiet holiday. I'd say started the new year pretty well. You know, there were some good things that happened as well. Um, in the first few days or weeks we had the Georgia runoff elections and we can talk about that but I also want to give a little plug to Qatar and the Gulf states so Qatar has been under a blockade from all of its neighbors because you know whatever they didn't like it um they didn't like Qatar for some reason and so it's been very hard um to get direct flights from there like somebody wrote an article about how it took him eight hours to fly from Qatar to Dubai that's a half hour flight my mom has flown that flight <laughs> um, or Qatar to Abu Dhabi, same thing. So just imagine like taking eight hours to fly from DC to Philadelphia. Why? Um, but they are reopening diplomatic relations, probably because of the change in administrations that they're seeing. But that was nice to see because it's been it's been weird and rough for three years. And Qatar is lucky in that they have money so they could hold, withhold the storm and they still got relations with some other places like Turkey. So I, I thought, you know, that's nice. That's a good thing to, to hear about, you know. And then in Georgia, um, yeah, how did you feel? Did you, I mean, you know, I don't know if you want to reveal your political affiliation. I just always well, say. Look, I'm not going to. All I'm going to say it all is all opinions expressed here on my own. <laughs> oh, me too. All the opinions expressed here are expressing my own. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I felt as though it was a great illustration of how important every single vote is and how yes. important people's vote, people's vote, like one person's vote can be, because had it not been as close, I think within the 5.5 percentage points, it wouldn't have gone to a runoff and yep. yeah, this wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, 
that was that I felt like that was a, such a great illustration for Americans to see because you do get a lot of us who choose not to vote because they think it's not important. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it was really great to see young people too yeah. who weren't eligible, I guess, in November, who then registered to, to, to see this come um, into being. Yeah. Yeah. And even right. how important mobilization is locally. Um, and I, I'm, I'm yes. hopeful that this will transfer into, you know, people taking their local elections seriously. More seriously, especially yeah. Local, yeah. Local elections that don't happen during, you know, presidential election season. Those are the people who, who make the decisions about your day to day. And yep. so, I mean, I hope that this, all of this shows everyone how, how truly important their, their single vote is, because you do hear a lot of folks say, my vote doesn't matter. Why should I go, you know, get involved in this? I'm not voting. I'm sitting yeah, here. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, uh, I, I have some family in Atlanta. Um, and so, uh, I think one thing for me that was interesting is like I don't really have a TV, <laughs> so like it's been a long time. Like you know I watch you know Netflix and Hulu and you know read the new read you know New York Times or listen to NPR or what have you. So I don't really see political card not cartoons. I mean, you probably could call them cartoons, but political ads. Yeah. But the ads in Georgia, particularly those Warnock ads, they were bad. Oh, really? Um, that is my, yes. I mean, like, the way that, and I know there have been articles floating around, but, like, um, you know, some family would record the ones on TV and send it, like, on WhatsApp just so I can see. And it's like, he was accused of being everything but, like, a person that eats babies. It was just very strange. A lot of the political ads during the um, election season were much like that. Um, they were kind of yeah, attacked. Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't know, but like it just yeah. felt so. No, and it's not like we didn't like. Come on, except especially like I, I think I know, right? People been, have gotten personal. There are personal attacks, but it's just like the ones that I saw. Like there just seemed to be so many that had nothing to do with the person's stances on anything. It's people playing on people's biases and how how people perceive others. No, of course they were, they were racist. That's what they were. They were freaking racist, and it was all about how. <laughs> let me just let me just pick. <laughs> let me speak very plainly. So I was very happy to see that, especially of the two, it was the black man because it almost felt like even some of the other was it Purdue. I think I saw a Purdue ad or two that were like, it just felt like Warnocks were like he's a dark, scary, dangerous black socialist man. Right. And then for Ossoff, it was like, don't trust this white dude because he's kind of connected to that dark, scary, dangerous man, which was kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird thing that was going. Um, I'm 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 happy that people in Georgia got their vote out and that their voice was heard. I'm, but I'm specific. I am particularly happy that a black person was able to persevere through very like you said, dog whistle, you didn't say, but dog oh, whistle type. I, it wasn't even dog whistle. It was just I, very I think, clear. I, I think the fact that he is a reverend helped him. <laughs> but it can help or hurt. Because remember Jer Jer uh, Jeremiah Wright, you know, it just, it. I mean, of course, the fact he's a reverend, that he's like, the, the you know, leads Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. And, and, and um, uh, let's not forget that, like, Dr. King was also painted in the same light, right? And now we all say we love and, you know, have Martin Luther King Day and, you know, some of the people in Congress voted against it. Um, <clears throat> but we're not going... <laughs> 
<laughs> when I get into that. It was just, <laughs> I think, a nice day for... We didn't get to celebrate it, though. Yeah, we didn't, because... Yeah, we got a few hours. <laughs> yeah, we got a few hours of it. I did like that. It was it January 5th? I went to bed knowing, okay, Warnock actually has straight up won. Like, he was declared winner by the time I went to sleep. I went to sleep very late. Um, and then Ossoff was leading, so I was like, oh, okay, good for them. Good for them. This was, this was, this is really interesting. And it, it, it happened. Um, and then, you know... Some people decided to do a reenactment, a bootleg reenactment of the storming of the Bastille. Vive la Revolution. But uh, American style and our beloved city was, if not under siege, but whatever, the capital. We all know. Yeah. The capital was overrun by terrorists, villains, deplorables. I mean, I can use any number of words that fit, you know, all the words that people usually use when it is a black or brown person. So we want to be very American. And I think it's something that I talk about sometimes too, is that other people's views on the U.S. and on Americans is that we're very American-centric, egotistical. Mm -hmm. And um, perhaps a good example of that is with this question <laughs> which I think we've all heard before. Where were you when the world stopped turning? I was, just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was working from home. <laughs> right. Like every, like all... working from home when I, I think it was, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was my mom, my parents are around who was like, have you seen what is going on? And I'm like, what is going on? Apparently like most of the Capitol police. <laughs> well, most of them were, there were only there were about twenty two hundred capital police, I think. From, from they were not. They were not. They but there were, were only five hundred there. Mm -hmm. But which it was just another thing that you know we should talk about because we we knew this was going to happen. I mean, there were there was enough to know that this was going to happen. We should have been more prepared. But yeah, I was. I think I just gotten off of a call and my mom was like, "Have you seen the news?" And I'm like, "I'm not watching the news." <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And she was like, "There are protests in D.C." And I think in the morning she she'd seen there was some sort of rally in the morning um, with the protesters so um, with our commander in chief uh, with the protesters so she she mentioned it and I was like nah <laughs> this is nothing like just me, why are you even tuning all day or day yes. mm -hmm. just whatever so then I, I I decided not to even you know go on CNN go on any of the <laughs> New York Times I, I decided not to look it up um, see anything and so like around three <laughs> I started getting messages from friends like, what the hell? First of all, it was like, are you okay? And I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Wild. <laughs> I, think, I, I think thought it was <laughs> And then I was like, I am a homework from home. Like, why are you asking me if I'm okay? Of course I'm okay. And then, um, and then my mom was like, turn on the TV. Like, you got to turn on the TV. And I turn it on and I'm like, what the hell? And where is the Capitol Police? And... I'm, I'm watching the video and I'm like, when you, I, I've, I used to actually um, walk around that area a lot. And although you wouldn't visibly, it's not, it's not as it's barricaded Lafayette Park. However, you do get a sense that you do see um, Capitol Police walking about. You do like just to get into the buildings. I mean, there are two kind of paths into the into the actual Capitol building, at least from the last time I was there. And they're narrow paths. So I, 
when people were when I saw the pictures on on social media, people like in there, people scaling the walls, breaking. I was like, where is the police? Mm-hmm. Where is the National Guard? And you know, those were answered for me um, that evening and the next morning when. <laughs> Maryland, I think the Maryland governor um, recounted the story of how he received a uh, a call from Senny Hoyer telling him deploy the National Guard, and and that was a, that's another thing that you know bothered me because I, I saw a lot of a lot of questions um, on social media basically regarding why the mayor of dc isn't doing anything isn't right and like she this is federal land like if you all want her to be if you all want the dc elected official to have that much power this is why dc wants be. to be a state exactly and i did see her talking about that too which i thought that was like this is this is a shining example of why yes. people should be able to have DC people who live in dc should be able to you know control the things that affect their lives And this is also a reason why they don't have it, because people in Congress love doing this. They love pulling this crap. So Hogan Hogan recounted the story of how, you know, they called him. They were like, I am, you know, bunkered down. There's something going on. Deploy National Guard. And he immediately does that, except he can't actually ask the Maryland National Guard to go on federal land without getting approval, approval from I think, yep. the DOD. And he was like, he never gets it until like an hour and a half later. And my whole thought process was, it's become, things have become so political that even the lives of our elected officials are not, <laughs> when it comes to the political scheme of things, it's yep. not valid. It's yep. let's let them go in there, let's let them do what they want, let's show America that, you know, we're here to make America great, and we have a voice, and we have power. You know, that was what... <laughs> I also... Well, I guess maybe that that's the next question, right? Like, about all these different kinds of discussions that are going on in, you know, in there about it and reflections and things like that. I think something that is... You know, we do talk about that is about how some of the very people who were under siege were a part of have has Certainly. have been an integral part of stoking these fires yeah. it is without a doubt like part of the reason why this happened on that particular day was because it was the day when we were finally going to have you know the official confirmation that you know somebody else is going to be in the white house on january 20th and people were not happy about that i think what stood out to me is not anything that happened because again i read I mean, nobody should be shocked. Yeah, I, you know, I read and I've yeah. been hearing, you know, on different pod news podcasts in different articles that people have been saying that, you know, there's going to be bloodshed, there's going to be civil war, there's going to be X, Y, and Z. And so I think I more plainly just say it was just really disappointing to see. And nothing, like, that's why I said, you know, at the beginning that this is about being disappointed but not surprised. So there's a bunch of things. I think one, it, again, like I said, I think there are a lot of political figures, a lot of people in politics, because it is politically expedient for them, they made a certain calculation yeah. to stoke certain fires. And this is not even a 2016 thing. This, I think, transcends whoever is in the White House right now. Yeah. America, well, there's so many things, but let's... Uh, uh, I guess going further out 
doing like a helicopter view. Like I'm looking at one tree, but I'm pulling out and looking at the entire forest. Mm. America has a, I want to say it's a tradition at this point, because we can point at different ages of different groups of, no, not different groups of people, a certain subset of the population has traditionally been allowed to run amok. When they get angry about something, when something doesn't go the way that they want it to go, they are allowed to display a level of anger and frustration. Um, and that's a grace that's not granted to other groups of people. Um, if we look at the reconstruction period in the South, if we think about the um, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, the massacre that happened there, where white supremacists, racists, whatever you want to call them, took the black people ballots, threw them away, put the white people ballots and killed and, you know, pillaged the black community there all along the way. Um, if we look at last year and how, you know, different kinds of the responses, I think that's what that's what really has hit me you know again because it wasn't a surprise it's like okay yeah i knew these people were going to try and do that and then it's like oh the police response was like ridiculous the national guard like you said the response not the response of the actual national guard but the fact that like the government didn't allow them to be deployed not a surprise but what is really disappointing and disgusting is that this is what continues to be okay this is the standard that we sort of have in this country and for whatever reason that's all right Nobody can tell me, but I know because we've seen it. We've seen it. We saw it last year. We saw how the government or the law enforcement response is to black. We saw it, but some people refuse to see it. And I'm just, I think that's what makes me tired. I've seen it. Yeah. And I don't like to keep rehashing the same thing. I don't know who is shocked and amazed that this could happen. What happens when you keep when you when you train a a a we you know you remember that guy i remember that that i don't i don't know football but remember that guy in football who went to jail because he was fighting dogs or training oh, Michael dogs Beck, to fight? yeah yeah remember that what happens when you train a dog to fight it He's fights dog yeah so when you keep when you keep throwing you know stuff into a fire you feed that fire and it can come back to burn you i think something that was interesting was how shook some of them were i felt like i saw mitch mcconnell's voice when they reconvened he he's i mean naturally so he seemed a bit shaken yeah and i'm not pointing i i'm just saying that the issue here to me is that it's not even about what the people did as much it's the fact that they are there are certain people in the u.s that are always allowed to do that and the punishment is never enough for the crime this is the issue you have a civil war and the insurrectionists end up becoming a part of the government and waving their flag and they get to create museums about how great what they stood for was and it just doesn't make like there's never been a reckoning for that yeah um in the way that it is for other communities this is a country where a few weeks ago a guy i don't know he sent a text in arabic or said something in arabic they grounded that plane and i just know with them i just can't think of any other group of people who would be able to march and convene on near the u.s capitol push down the doors like 
bop people in the head. Some of them died trying to get in to do whatever, come in with like ties to tie people up. And they were successful in it. We're lucky that they were not coordinated, you know, they weren't coordinated enough. Coordinated, yes. You know, I heard somebody on NPR say something like, oh, ISIS is mad because they're like, why didn't I think of this? I'm like, no, the ISIS is not like, why did I think of this? Because if you saw a group of brown Muslim dudes heading towards the Capitol, those fuckers would have been shot. Yes. They would have been shot. I just can't think of any other group of people who are allowed to do this. And this is, I think, is the bigger issue because people want to sit in their shock and their disbelief and keep digging your head in the sand. But this is a problem. I mean, we've seen we've we have seen these these talk puzzles, these these conversations happening on social media. I think a lot of folks did not think it would get off of social media into real life. I don't think people thought it would be carried out. Um, I, I just don't yeah, but know. The question but we, is we've been why. The question the is that people have this default that white people aren't going to take things so far. And that is a problem that affects, ends up affecting us. Like, that, let's just be real. That's what yeah. it is, right? Like, 538 came out with an article with citing this professor was talking about how when there are conservative protests, and of course, yes, not every black person is liberal, not every white person is conservative, whatever, we, we get that. But in general, when there are conservative protests, the police response is just a lot more tepid as compared to liberal theme protests. And for whatever reason, thinking that black people shouldn't get shot for no reason is a liberal idea. <laughs> Even acknowledging that like that actually happens is a liberal idea. And I think that that is the problem because we have a lot of people in news and even on social media arguing this thing as an intellectual exercise and still have not come to terms with the fact that like this is everyday life yeah. for some of us. And for you to be skating it over and look, even our elected officials, I saw somewhat, you know, I don't care about your calls to unity right now. And again, these views are my own. <laughs> I am saying that these views are expressed in my own. It just seems so like, what universe do you live in? When things like this happen and we are not addressing the elephant in the room, yeah. we're not doing a real root cause analysis to get yeah. to the heart of the issue. And we are talking about reconciliation. You cannot reconcile with somebody who I don't see how I can. I'm not interested in that. And this almost victim blaming in a way is just tiresome. And then there's the piece of all these people who have been stoking this fire. And now we all want to put blame on one person who is the commander. It's not just the people who stoke the fire. Silence. There's also that. Dr. King talks about... Yes, Dr. Ting talks about the moderate white, and I just think it's the, the moderate white and how the moderate white community was worse <laughs> than the than the actual, you know, anti whatever desegregationists. Anti- I understand. I, I mean, yeah. I, I understand some people try not to get bring politics, in, but that's the privilege this in itself. Politics, yes. That's a privilege in and of itself. I think that that's why I said the, even the framing of things, something like Black Lives Matter. Say what you want about the movement, but there are people who we 
this is a part of the issue with the U.S. because we can frame all these things, women's li- liberation, anything, you know, fighting Islamophobia, all of that stuff becomes political. And that allows you to say, I don't want to be a part of that because it's political. Okay, but like people who look like me are getting killed for no reason, mm-hmm. literally no reason, all day, every day. Um, and you are getting it on the news and you put in book orders for white fragility and then don't go pick up the book, don't read about it. And then you get really surprised when this thing happens again. Now, that is the thing. I was reading some, no, I mean, an article about um, from bookstore owners who were saying that <laughs> a lot of small book, bookstores, those black owned, minority owned bookstores, a lot of people ordered books last summer, especially white fragility, which is written by a white woman. But OK. And then I didn't go pick it up. They didn't go pick it up. So you didn't even read the book that's supposed to be accessible to you. And then you come and you go, oh, I'm shocked and appalled. I'm appalled and disgusted, but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. When you first started talking, you mentioned about how a lot of times, like, we fail to address the elephant in the room and we'll skate around it you know, talking about unity. This entire thing happened, and I think some of the elected officials, some of whom actually turned around and became big advocates of this very movement, spoke against this. They saw it. And I found it so funny how, you know, and again, as you've mentioned before, when folks saw that they could potentially benefit from it politically, they just you know, all sense of morality, all sense of, you know, let's do what's good for the country went out of the door. Because they and underestimate. Was, yeah, they thought that they could control this. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I saw this across, it wasn't even along political lines. I saw this across all of, you know, political ideologies. It was so clear to me in 2015, 2016, that this was, this transcended politics. This was... Yep about race. There is a racial undertone to all of this. And I think it was very apparent to a lot of people. But folks, you know, would come out and say, oh, this is an economics issue. Like, this is happening. There's a lot of support for this platform because it's about the economy. And of course, by doing that, the the poor white person was used (laughs) there too as the scapegoat. And they always are. Who fought in the Civil War? Because there wasn't that many land-owning people with plantations. Most white people didn't even own slaves. Yeah. How do you mobilize wide swaths of people effectively? You do it with this idea of white supremacy. And America never really... I don't. I think we were talking before, and this is this is also an issue that transcends like white-black racial dynamic. But like, let's acknowledge that that's what the U.S. is, because settlers came massacred most of the native americans imported millions of black people and a lot of the rules that have been set up legally have been about keeping black people out and a lot of the rules that have been set up have been what what allows people who are not considered white in the european context right because you go to europe and it's like whoa okay southern europe versus eastern versus you know you hear all kinds of things go to the uk talk listen to them talk about brexit even non-white British people. The way they talk about <laughs> Southern Europeans and Eastern Europeans, you're like, what? What? This is wild. They just white to me. Yeah. And they weren't they weren't white when they first came in. And so we don't we don't want to talk about that. And I don't know. I know why. I think that it really is about those in power wanting to keep their power. Yeah. And you keep it by 
continually scapegoating, you know, like like you said, this idea of like, oh, even though the people who stormed it, all of them were like poor, hillbilly yeah. people. I'm really tired of that. Like everybody, it wasn't the whole state of West Virginia, no. which always gets a scapegoat of, you know yes. what I mean? Like yes. it's, it's, it's Appalachia, yes. it's, you know, rural, whatever. There yes. are people, people have money to get on planes. fly, yes. You have money to fly, okay? Stay it's in not, a hotel because you not, were there for more than one day. Exactly. These are not people. But when you hear about elections and how people feel, it's always, you know, an interview with some country bumpkin or with somebody who's a victim of the opioid epidemic or something like that. And you're just like that. That doesn't make sense because the numbers bear themselves out. Even with this, as human beings do, we try to, you know, make light of things to get through things. But I saw a lot of photos of some of the protesters who some folks like didn't have teeth. I don't know if this was real or doctored. And folks were passing it around like, look, look. And I'm like, by sharing this picture, (laughs) you are furthering this kind of this idea. And it's just it's not that it's not that. You know? But it's intentional. It's used to kind of obscure the racism because not poor white folks who are making sure that this is happening systematically. They're not the ones sitting over there. Uh, You're not the ones with uh, the power. That with the power making policy. You're policies. not the ones with the power. It's not <laughs> implementing the racist hiring. Like they're not. So it's a quick way for folks to kind of. I will like, never forget, and we need to not forget that there's 70 million people that voted for Donald Trump. And so there can't be this like small minority. 2016, I don't know how many people it was, but I know in 2020 it was 70 million people. Can we stop talking about them as like isolated pockets? And I think it, again, that goes back to, we already know this. When we live in a country where when a certain group of people does something, they're isolated, it's not them, it's not a reflection of the group as a whole, they're the aberration, it's an anomaly, but when other people do it, they are a reflection of the whole group as a whole, right? Um, Even when you think about how they were talked about, right? Protesters, those are not protesters. There's a freaking difference between a protester and somebody who goes to Capitol Hill with ties in their hand looking for members of Congress. Yes. That there's a there's a difference between a protester and somebody who breaks into Nancy Pelosi's office and is just chilling on her desk disrespectfully like that with his feet up or on somebody that steals well, mail from her office. office. Yes. You know, it's just people who try and climb the like I I I like to be positive <laughs> or constructive when I think about things like this. But I guess, you know, in closing as we round out uh, um, what are your thoughts on like what does this mean to you in terms of what you what is this end of the year I would say from November through now and all that you've seen and done how does it make you feel about where you are and how you fit in and like how you survive and I, I mean that literally in American society when given all that's happened all that's not going to happen, all that will happen, and what our, you know, our leadership is is saying and has been saying. <laughs> that's a little question. There. How does how how to survive? I think we need to. The survival needs to be a collective survival. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that you know, this is a wake up call. I think I was talking to one of my friends where 
I was telling her, like, this this ought to be a wake-up call for every single American. I don't care what kind of political ideology you have. Like, this is a wake-up call, and especially a wake-up call, I mean, this is a show about immigrants and Af- children of African Americans. A wake-up call to immigrants in this country. Yeah. To children of African immigrants, especially black immigrants, who, you know, we tend to try to separate ourselves from the... Um, African-American lived experience. And I understand our lived experience is not the same. However, when it comes down to it, at a certain point, our, you know, when, when we get to our second generation, our third generation, our kids, you know, this if is- you're an immigrant child, your kid is going to be experiencing these, these very things in this country. And they will not have that privilege that you have to separate themselves to the culture that you can quickly say, oh. You know, I grew up here. Grew this up is my here. country. This, this is my, is my passport. Yep. This will be yep. the lived experience of your children. So it's time for us to wake up. And it's just so, it's astounding to me how, folks, we, we've, we've done it so well that we just quickly, you know, separate ourselves from, from the whole, you know, from everything that's been happening. When Black Lives Matter protests started, I think one of I was talking to um, a, an older person and they were like, and I think some of our elected officials even said this, those who were around for the civil rights movement, said that, you know, the one difference here is that you see a lot of young white folks marching too. There ought to be a, a lot of us African immigrants marching too. This is also our experience. Yeah, I mean, in our defense, there have been. Um, and it's not all of us that haven't been yeah. sort of like vocal about it, but there are there are definitely, I don't want to say isolated pockets. There are definitely big chunks, and y'all know who y'all are and whatever the different motivations are for it, um, who have not been a part of that. Yeah. Um, I think some people, some of their religious leanings and what certain religious yes. leaders have been telling people. Yes. Um, I know that that was a big current, right? Like we talked yes. about, oh, we didn't talk about it. We posted about the whole Paula White thing. And um, I mean, we talked about it personally. <laughs> we talked about it personally, but we did, we posted on Instagram yeah. about the, the angels from Africa who got, um, who got banned or something. They didn't have the visa. They couldn't come to help Trump win. Because you remember she, she prayed and summon angels from Africa and Latin America to come and help um, Trump win his second term. And so people were like, oh, well, they tried, but they, they were denied immigration entry. So they had to go back. Um, so there, there, there are pockets of that as well. I, to be honest, I don't know. I, I think for me, I, I, I'm, I'm really thinking about just like on, the, on a me level, what are the things that I can do to protect my own health? and sanity um even on the day of i didn't i was listening to stuff and reading stuff but i wasn't following as much as some people were yeah. it did get to a point where i was like again completely disappointed and disgusting disgusted but there is nothing in my knowledge of the history of how things happen here that surprised me yeah. um and even in the calls for you know for for people to step down and da 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 and and you know it, it it's just it honestly feels really tiring. <laughs> I already sort of feel like you know there's just already huge swaths of the country that I'm not really interested in going to because again I'm I for my own health 
wealth, strength. I don't see how I can reconcile. Like, I don't... I guess the better way to put it is that I do not relish in other people's whatever it might be, but I'm also not mourning them. I'm also not mourning it. If you're default is to not see me as a human being. We cannot have a conversation about reconciliation and any of those things. We and both have to heal on both sides. Like. <laughs> I, I don't even believe that. I don't think, I, I, no. I think, you, you know, that th- that is the other, the other thing. And I think, you know, well, you know, I'm okay thinking the way that I do. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, it's not been an equal pain. Well, certainly not. Certainly the impact not. is never equal, and when events like these happen, and I see how far and how much of a benefit of a doubt certain kinds of people get, and I know that they are allowed to do things that, like, I think I'd be even, it would never even enter my mind, right? right. Like, it would never even enter my mind, because I know what's up. Yeah. I know what happens when black people get too close to the Capitol. They get shot and killed like that woman from, I remember that a few years back. Yeah, from the car. Where her car turned in or what happened. I know what happens when brown people go there. It gets into Guantanamo. Figuratively, not literally. I get it, whatever. I just, I think for myself, I just, it just feels very like, Tiring because, like you said, I think that's what it is. I'm kind of connected. I'm connecting my thoughts rather slowly, I guess. Like you said about Africans and everyone, you got to stay ready. You got to stay mm. up and stay ready, right? Yeah. Georgia happened because, you know, many of us posted and sent postcards and called and sent money and donated and yeah, to do all of this work. And and I think that's the piece that's like. I'm still sort of mulling over within myself to try and figure out what I think about it. Because at the end of the day, what we're saying is that, I think this was a nice thing. I was watching for Harriet and there's a person, I forgot her name. I have to go look up her name again. I think it's like Amua. She's a activist basically and a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, they were having a conversation and the the idea came out that like, you know, when people get elected, you can't just elect people and leave them be. You have, you have to, to elect them, them to, yeah. and then hold them accountable. You have to always be playing an active part so that they know that they cannot just take you for granted and do X, Y, and Z so that they know that like these lobbyists may be in your ear, but we're not going to vote for you if you go down that route. Uh-huh. And, and you know, that's very important because I think in politics, the two most important things are money and the votes. These politicians are afraid. And I, I think this has been, these past five years have been a great, great illustration of that. People are afraid of their constituents and the votes. So, I mean, it's important yeah. to, to make sure you are holding people's feet to the fire. Yeah. No matter sure how they, wild what your constituents Even if it's just think. you, even if it's just one person <laughs> having to write a letter. Like, even if it's just you and you don't have any people's time, just write it. Even if it's just you and five other people, write it. It will, the fact that it's five constituents, it will at least get to the person's desk because they'll be like, what's up? That's, yeah, that's a really good point because it is, you know, the most, most of us are quiet. Yeah. Like, even those of us who vote, you know, we may vote, but we, and we may not necessarily like X, Y, and Z, but we don't say anything about it. So we really do have to do more of that 
it is annoying, but it is, you know, kind of like that saying, the empty barrel is the loudest. And for a long time, that that's kind of like what rules the day. And that's kind of what we saw this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully things get better. Um, hopefully this will, this will this will have people, you know, I've been saying that we all need to wake up. We all need. I don't care what what kind of political ideology you believe. Like we all need to wake up because a lot of people have been asleep, or willfully, um, yeah, willfully, willfully ignorant about um, certain kinds of things. But we um, need to wake up because this is not this is not a a problem for one race, one subset. This is a huge problem for all of us. Well, I think people do need to understand, and I, I don't, and that's the piece. I don't know, um, because the other piece of this is that like. When I talk about being tired, the tiring part is saying to black people that you have to stay alert. Because that's basically what we're saying, right? Black and brown people, you have to stay alert. You have to hold people accountable. You can't let them win. You can't. That's a lot. How about I want to wake up, eat breakfast, we can't chill. Hi, I want to talk to you on the podcast about the latest movie. I don't want to be talking about how, you know... People stormed the freaking U.S. Capitol and, you know, family and friends who lived nearby had to move away <laughs> for their own safety just yeah. in case. And, you know, like you, you know, sending out texts and seeing if people are OK. That shouldn't be the standard anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it, it shouldn't be the standard here. Um, so it's I do want to acknowledge that, too, that that is part of where the tiredness comes from. And I don't I just don't know where in the world one can go. Actually, I have some ideas. <laughs> I was about to say, weren't you the same person who <laughs> Malaysia, <laughs> New Zealand, <laughs> Um, Every country has its problems. They may not. Yeah. Yes. So those ideas do percolate. Um, they, they definitely percolate. The UAE, the UAE. Um, there won't be the same problems. Yeah. Um, so you know, take that to be what you want it to be. But the reality is, um, I think it was like um, somewhere I saw a meme that said something like, John Legend said that like if. I think it was before the election that if somebody doesn't win, maybe it was like if Biden doesn't win, that we should like leave the U.S. And somebody, you know, it was a, it was a meme. So it was like, uh-uh, John, we just ordinary people. <laughs> <laughs> we just ordinary we just people. Ordinary people. So the reality <laughs> on the ground is not everybody has, but that's not a possibility. We can't all be global citizens and world travelers and all those things. Oh. We, um, but, you know. I mean, things will continue to unfold. Let's see if Joe Biden becomes the, what is it, 46th or 47th president. He'll probably be the 46th. 46th. Um, probably be the 46th based upon well, what I'm he's seeing. indicated that he will not, but who knows, things change. Things change, things shift. I hope I hope they don't continue to change for the worse. Um, you know, I think I about how- he's able to he's able to do what he, what he said he would do. <laughs> last year, like, this time when- that. We thought we might be going. I thought we might be going to war with Iran. Remember when they killed the Qasim? Right, it, it feels like so long ago, but it yeah. was just last year. It was last January, yes. Or like, and it was last holiday season. Basically, by this time last year, it was kind of like, wow. oh, all right. Uh, but I think I think coronavirus stole some of that steam. Well, and a lot of the other trauma that we. we <laughs> 
we've been going through. It's like trauma upon trauma. The yeah. thing that happened last week, you feel like happened a long time ago. No, yeah. I, I just meant in terms of like it not turning into something. Uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. our our just worldwide attention is just it's just everywhere. But happy 2021. <laughs> happy 2020, 2021. Hopefully, you know, this is the the little blowback we're going to get from 2020. <laughs> it's going to be better from now on. Yeah, no, it's forward ever, backward never. Uh, and we all, we all have a, a role to play. So don't, don't, don't sit there and think your vote doesn't matter. Don't sit there and think your voice no, doesn't your matter. Vote, your vote like, always you're, counts. And like, if nothing else, even if you think it doesn't matter for presidential because of the electoral college and all that stuff, like the local ones really make a difference. And sometimes it's not even the officials. Some school places, right? It's not even school, but sometimes there are propositions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That yes, can yes. be because I know, like, with California, they had it was a proposition that peeled away affirmative action. There was a proposition. Where are some famous ones? Um, a lot of states will have the, the in Florida, that's how people got the ex convicts got the right to vote. Um, there are a lot of things on a ballot and that you can at least look through and make a decision at least on the ones that you think are important. But don't say I'm not going to vote altogether. Um, well, I mean, do what you want to do. I'm not here to tell you. But I, to me, it's like I would rather abstain from certain roles that I don't think are good. I know there was an election that I was, um, well, it was a few years ago, maybe 20, maybe 2018, and the local newspaper did not endorse anyone. They were like, look, both these people are shit. So we don't, we can't endorse anything. They both suck. And I was like, well, I don't want to vote for you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to do my research and figure out, like, who stands for what. And it's like one person was, like, guilty of fraud or something or suspected of fraud. And then the other person had really crappy stances, in my opinion. And so it, it can be hard. But if we don't participate, then they don't feel beholden to us at all. And that is that is that's what people are trying to do. And it's it's not just on our local officials. I mean, we need to be better human beings. I think all this has been a running theme. That is that is that is broadly defined. And people's definition of what makes you a better human being are really different. There are there are people who who see no problem with what happened on the Capitol and, 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 or, or, or the problem that they see is that the people weren't as successful as they should have been. There's and I don't know. Dying. Like, no, that's it. But you know what? I wasn't a peace and justice studies major. I don't work at the Hague or any of these places. So I don't really know what to say about that, but, um, stay safe and sane. And hopefully we'll have better things to talk about you know, not, I don't say better things. More positive. More positive things to talk about <laughs> and to rejoice about shortly. <laughs> yeah.